Welcome back to our podcast as we talk about uh, what does it look like to do, to be, to function in gospel communities um, this year, the year of our Lord, 2021, as we're exiting uh, (laughs) some of the worst uh, like 15, 16 months that any of us has ever seen. Um, so we're, what we're doing is we are, I'm here with Nathan Cesaretti, Pastor Nathan, and uh, we are talking through um, what, are we, what are we hoping to see in gospel communities this year. So we're trying to get back to the core and the heart of, man, this is what a gospel community is meant to be. And we're also, as we explained in the last episode, we're trying to simplify a little bit of like, what does that mean? Simplify it so that we can be clear on the mission. We can be clear on knowing whether or not we've succeeded in um, achieving that and, um, and what's the goal and where do we need to push and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're kind of processing through. So what we want to do, I want to start by revisiting the mission and vision. What are we looking for? What is a gospel mm-hmm. community meant to do? And then from there in this episode, we're going to talk through what's your job description, what's your role as a gospel community leader. So do you want to give us a rundown, Nathan, on uh, what the mission and vision of gospel communities are? Yeah, I'd love to. I believe the vision is for us to literally do what the title says, be a gospel community. And the mission plays out of that vision. And so gospel community, what does that even mean? It means a community that is changed by Jesus, a community that is devoted to being Jesus in their community. And so that plays out in mission by how we do it. Like, what are we doing together to be Jesus to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our own church family? And that's really where this is being birthed from, is we're getting a group of people from our church together on a mission in a community to sit down and have a meal together, to be Jesus to one another, but then also to be Jesus to their community, learning about their community, learning about the people in their community and inviting them in to these spaces. It's really good. I like the simplicity of that. So it is it is saying this is where we live together as Christians in a way that the world around us can see it and participate in that. Um, and so so uh, letting go of the stress that we've, I think, put on some of you guys unintentionally in the past of make sure you got the public space and the social space and the sacred space and make yeah. sure those all dovetail and th- it can be tricky, it can be confusing. And we're, we're kind of finding that over the years as we try to refine can be a little confusing. So this is it. We are a community that's living together, that's reaching out to the world around us, that like shaped by the gospel. And what the gospel shapes us for is being good followers of Jesus. And where is Jesus going? He's always going to the lost. He's he's leaving the 99. He's finding that mm. lost sheep. And I think this is our opportunity to be maybe, this is maybe heretical. I don't know. I'm just thinking it out loud. Why not say it here? <laughs> uh, what if we were the 99 sheep that went with the shepherd to go find the one? That's good. Is it good? Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> we'll it, call it good. I mean, it reminds me of what you win people with is what you win them to. Yeah, that's good. Right? And so if we're inviting people into a relationship with us and our other fellow like Creeksiders or just believers, yeah. then that's what they're going to be won to is this unique relationship with a community of followers of Jesus. Yes. And so that's really the ultimate goal is to invite people in to what we've already established. Yeah. But here's the thing. We've just gone through a crazy year where this thing that we've already had established, our small groups, our gospel communities, our sacred spaces, everything was shattered. Yeah. And so now we're having to come back together and figure out what does this actual gospel community mean for us here at Creekside? Yeah. 
What does it mean to come back together and create these strong ties that are vulnerable, that we can trust one another, that we can, you know, know what's going on in each other's lives. And that starts in our gospel communities. It's beautiful. I, I'm thinking of it like, okay, a traditional, like as a seminary trained pastor, what you're, what we're taught to think through is, okay, from the moment someone enters that lobby and they interact and they, and, and they, they fill out a card, right? And we're trying so hard to take them from that initial contact with the church to then building relationships and connections. And the kind of the end goal is like, then you become ultimately part of a community where you're building each other up, you're sharing your gifts with each other, you're reaching out together. What I love about gospel community, it's almost just taking the whole thing and turning it inside out and saying, what if someone's mm-hmm. first contact with the church was, hey, I, I'm friends with this group of people. They, they do sit in the same room together on a Sunday morning That's and good. worship together and are inspired by the word of God. Um, but my I'm part of that family outside. And that I will say, looking back over the last few years, there's some things we've done that have been confusing, whatever. One of the things that God has done amazingly through our gospel communities is we have a lot of people that have had contact with Jesus and with Creekside Church before they've ever stepped foot in the church building. And that's, mm. that is, that's a beautiful thing. And that's, that, as, a, as a pastor, that's a statement I, I wasn't sure I'd ever be able to make, um, to know that, that God has been doing that through our gospel communities. And so we want to just um, say, hey, that's, that is our target, like living our life together, shaped by the gospel in a way where we're just, we're out there where people are um, living, like not just, and not even just living where other people are, living where we live. You know, we don't Mm, live in this church building. And so there is a forced aspect to let's always retreat from our lives, come to the same building. And, um, and then we do the spiritual stuff. I think the spiritual stuff can and should happen where we live and work and play. And, um, and there's other people there that are going to want to be part of that on, on whatever level. Oh, I love it. So what do we do? What is your role as a gospel community leader then? Um, in the last episode, we talked about how um, you basically are pastors. And I, I say that uh, like very sincerely. Like I deeply yeah. believe like what it, a pa- pastor is the Latin word for shepherd. That's all it means. And so what do you do? So Nathan and I have the title of pastor and we have the honor of being able to do that at a certain level at Creekside. Yeah. Um, what are we? What we're trying to do is we see the people in our congregation, our flock, right? That the Lord has has entrusted us. He's the chief shepherd, and we are shepherds under Him and in conjunction with Him, in partnership with Him. And we look at the people around us, and we just say, "Okay, how how do I care for these sheep? Right? How do I how how do I help them grow? How do I help them find what they need?" And ultimately, we know as we're talking, like pulling the analogy aside a little bit, we're looking at human beings that deeply need a savior. And they need a encounter with Jesus for themselves. And so whatever we can do is we're looking at every person in the church. We're just thinking, how do I help this person encounter Jesus on a deeper yeah. level? So that will look like um, us getting them in co- close contact with the word of God, trying to get them reading it for themselves, putting them in discipleship settings where they're studying the word of God together. That's why that's so important. That's why men's groups are going to be studying the word of God together. Um, nurture groups are going to be studying the Word of God together. We're going to have sermon-based study groups that are studying the Word of God together. So that's vital. Um, that's all that kind of spiritual growth work. But as shepherds, what we're trying to do is we're trying to look and say, how do I keep an eye on the spiritual growth of these people that God's entrusted to my care? And there's some things that we need to do collectively to help bring those people further along. There's also a lot of things we need to do individually. And honestly, it looks like prayer. It looks like um, a well-spoken word of encouragement. 
It looks like a, a wisely, carefully spoken word of challenge to somebody. Um, it looks like finding someone who is just broken and hurting and caring for their needs. I, I mean, again, it's been a hard uh, year and a half here. Um, one of the most beautiful things that I've seen God do through Creeksiders this last year was find people that were hurting and meet their needs. Mm. And that was most of that was not strategized from the top down. It was God nudging individual hearts to say, here's somebody that's hurting. Here's a need that's I good. can meet. And um, so that that's really, I think, what it means to be a shepherd is you're taking away the analogy of Nathan and I with the, the title of pastor is just saying, you're, you're a pastor, you're a shepherd. You're just looking at the people that God's brought into your group that you've invited in and that, that are part of it and just saying, how can I help them kind of have these encounters with the Lord and take whatever next steps they need to take? That's good. I, I honestly think there's only one way that you could truly, truly fail at being a gospel community leader, and that's if you just don't care for the people around you. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. So really what we're calling you guys to, I know pastor is this massive title, even being called a shepherd of people is kind of intimidating, but really it's just caring for the people in your community, caring for the people at your church, caring for your neighbors. And so for you guys as leaders, when we call you to this pastorship, and I know I said this last time, to be intentional and relational, but what does that even mean? What does that look like? I feel like Mark really just explained what it means to be intentional. But to be relational, it means you take that first step. You go out, you begin talking to people, you go to your neighbors and say, hey, we're having this, you know, barbecue over at our house and we're having a few people over. You can tell them they're church people, but I would just say a few people because really we're just a family. We're friends. You don't have to clarify it as, oh, well, we're having a religious group come over tomorrow. No, that, that will scare people away. Yeah. But, you know, just invite them over to hang out with some friends to be a family together. And from there, I believe it will spark into something bigger. I love that. I love that. And you said it before, uh, small things lead to big things. That's such a great reminder, you know? Um, So now, now I want to think about this. What, what makes a a healthy group versus an unhealthy group uh, with, in terms of gospel communities? So we're trying to kind of clarify, simplify, what are we going for? Um, So let's start by talking about what some things that make for a healthy group. So first thing that comes to my mind is there's a regularity to it. So, um, so we're setting the bar at twice a month. Um, you're going to have some kind of a meal twice a month. Um, and by the way, I think your, your role as a gospel community leader is you're shepherding that group. So that, that may look like, uh, your, your, your hosting stuff. So I, one of the cool things with gospel community that I've found is my wife very much has the gift of hospitality. So I've, I've known that about her. She's a great hospitable host. Um, but through gospel community, I've seen that come out of her in a way that I, I can only describe as like deeply spiritual. This is the spirit of God hosting things through my wife, making a place people want to be at. So it may look like your job as a gospel community is to do the hosting. That may be how God makes you come alive and care for those people. Or it might look like you're shepherding the people by finding those people that have those gifts of hospitality, that have the resources to host and all that kind of stuff, and um, kind of partnering with them, helping them raise up. Um, But anyways, regardless of how you do it, if it's always at your house, if it always moves around, if you only ever do it at a park or a restaurant, uh, regularity is like a sign of a healthy group. Um, What else, Nathan? What would you throw in there? I completely agree with you. You can only get to know people if you're around them often, you know. I think for me, another thing of a like just a healthy group is the energy mm. that's at the group. 
you know, you can always tell when a party or a place is going to be fun when you walk in and people are smiling, people are having a good time. Uh, but if you walk in and everybody's just, just mad, uh, <laughs> you're not going to want to be there. I yeah. mean, I use this analogy in a sermon of if you came to Creekside and you walked into the lobby and Mark and I were just like screaming at one another and throwing chairs at one another, you're not going to want to stay unless, you know, you're a little crazy. But other than that, you're not going to want to stay here. But if you walk in and you're met with a high, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, come on over here. Try whatever we're having. Oh, have you met this person? You know, you're friendly. Just create an environment where people really feel like when they walk in that, wow, like I'm around my friends right now. That's great. And I think that's back to the both the relational and the intentional, right? It's it's being uh, a friend, thinking of what is it like, what would it be like for me walking? So I think one of the helpful things, Nathan, about having you here is you are walking in more recently, at least from the outside of Creekside Church mm-hmm. than I am. And so you're seeing some things that I've grown accustomed to and saying, hey, this, this actually makes me feel a little bit uh, like, I, like I, I, don't, I don't know what this is or, <laughs> or, um, or whatever, you know? And yeah. so I think we all have those things in our houses where it's like, um, you know, I remember growing up, leaving the house and... Uh, you know, uh, going off to college and marriage and whatever, and you come back to your house and you're like, why did we arrange the furniture like this? You know, like it's so, <laughs> it's so awkward. You know, like everything's like hunkered yeah. around the TV in a way that just fit our family's home viewing. How you know, so it's it's kind of thinking through how do we make it an environment that people want to be in, which is not yep. the same thing as saying your house has to be fancy that everything no, has to all. be neat and t- it's just saying how are we going to help people be comfortable and enjoy themselves while they're here. Yeah, a lot of the times the environment actually has nothing to do with furniture or anything that's in the space. I mean, I heard a story that Ryan used to invite the entire church over, but he would get rid of all his furniture in order to invite them over. Yeah. So you show up to somebody's house and there's no furniture, but if the environment inside is one of love, is one of welcome, is one of like vulnerability, you're going to want to be there. You're going to want to spend time there with everybody. And so I think a successful group knows how to set a tone of a good environment. That's great. And so much of that is just like finding those people who are part of your group. Like God's given us a whole church body. Like that's the point of 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. Every part plays a role. That's Mm -hmm. true of Creekside as a whole. It's true of capital C church globally. And it's true of your gospel community. So we yep. each play a part. So it's just finding some of those people like, hey, Nathan, you are insanely friendly. Would you please just kind of keep an eye as people walk in? Could you help That's me? Good. And I think for us being being honest and just saying, okay, I'm, I have answered God's call to step up to lead this group. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do my best to be a shepherd. Maybe, maybe I'm not the one that's the most outgoing person. Maybe I'm a little shy. Or maybe I don't notice as well when someone's off by themselves. Who in your group can you think through and say, hey, can you help me keep an eye on this? Because I sometimes kind of forget. Either nudge me or help me step in and do it. I, I will often go to people in my group and just say, hey, could you help me with this? I feel like we're mm. we're kind of, you know, or, or when I see, you know, well, I'll, invite, I'll invite some friends over to our group gatherings. And um, and I, I see, okay, all of my Creekside friends are talking to each other. My non-Creekside friends are off on their own side. Who can I kind of nudge? Like, hey, could you help me? Like, I'm going to introduce you. And and that kind of a conversation, I think, can can help change the feel. How, how does it feel, That's not good. just overall or to the people that are the insiders in the gathering, but how does it feel to um, those people that are coming in new, too? Yeah, I love that. So another, another, like, marker of a healthy group for me would be that it's a group that grows slowly through invitation. Mm. Um, so I think... One of the ways in churches I've been at in the past w- that we've done groups is 
Um, it's a full reset every year. And then, hey, sign up on the website. And then we are going to assign you to a group, kind of like my daughter's basketball team is, you know, happening that way. Um, with gospel communities, it's, 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 um, we will do signups through websites That's and good. communication cards. But the primary way and the way you can tell, tell a group, group is healthy is slowly over time, people are investing in it, caring about it. Um, enjoying the group enough that they're willing to see someone that's not part of it, whether they're a Creeksider or not, and say, hey, w- you should join us for our group, you know? Like we're, and, and for me, it's often like, um, hey, we've got this group. Uh, we're, we're doing, you know, we're, we're barbecuing Friday night. You may want to be part of it long-term. You may not, but like come on Friday, just come out, have a good time. I'll introduce you to some people. It'll be fun. And I think if every member of the group is doing that, then there is a slow growth over time. What I would love, um, some of our healthiest groups have multiplied over time. So it starts to feel a little full. It, we'll have that rhythm. Um, we've, we've multiplied nice. our group three times now. And we have that rhythm where around like the heart of winter, you know, <laughs> when it's raining and everything, we start to feel, oh, our group's a little too big because we're, we're in a house. It feels a little bit like, oh, man, are there enough chairs and there's people standing up eating it's it's fine because like you said the furniture isn't the thing it's the feel and it feels like family and it feels like energy but we kind of keep an eye on that and we try to just keep inviting until we get to a place where we say i think we got enough people that we can make two groups out of the one and then let those slowly grow again and you took my next like you know you're a healthy group when you get so big that you need to send i love like that's that's always the sign of something is healthy Mm. is if you get to a point where you're like man like i see this person they look like an amazing leader and you as a gospel community leader and pastor as well are meant to shepherd people into you know if you think that they're called to lead another group shepherd them into that take them alongside and show them what you do and then if you're like man our group's too big i know who should lead it Mm. like push them to try to lead it. That is phenomenal. Yes, a healthy group and a healthy leader will be looking out for who else is here that could lead this. And I think for, for, in my experience, that looks like finding someone in the group that's capable and saying, will you lead with me this year? You know, you might not need an extra leader or two, but, um, but I mean, with uh, Laura and I have led with up to like three couples before, and it's kind of too many, right? But if we involve them in the process and everything, then it has those folks ready. They know what to do when it, the time comes to say, hey, we'll send them out. And honestly, none of this is that complex, really, but it does take that investment and that relational um, regularity. Um, I think a couple of other things. Healthy group. Um, if I shift that and say, what makes a group unhealthy? What's, that, what's like a marker of that? You can turn everything negative. I th- I'd say two easy things for me are... Um, if it's all gospel and no community, it's an unhealthy mm. group. So if you're all, so, and I, by that I just mean, if you're just doing a Bible study, and there's not that like community sharing life together side, that, so that that doesn't make it an unhealthy group necessarily. That sounds like a great discipleship group, yeah. and there's there's value there and everything else. But I think in a larger ecosystem of our church family, which also includes gospel communities. So, but I would say flipping that around, then and another form of an unhealthy gospel community is no gospel, all community. And, uh, and if it's, if it's kind of like, you know, you'd be there and there's, there's nothing that feels Christian or Christ or gospel about it. Um, and I don't mean like, because we open the word of God physically together and read it, that's how, you know, or we all do the sign of the cross over each other. I don't know what it is. I just mean like, if we're not talking about Jesus, if we're not encouraging each other, if the fruit of the spirit isn't there, that's just kind of like a hangout group. And that is a blessing and a great thing too. But, we're, but we do want this to be um, 
a community that's shaped by the gospel. That's good. You took one of mine. I think I my, you know, you're totally good. You be more assertive. Um, no, I was like, man, well, he's, he's saying it way better than I would have said it. So yeah, definitely if you're in the group and it's just kind of like a party, but not necessarily like a, Hey, we're here being intentional with one another, getting to know what's really going on with one another. I would say that's a sign of a bad group. Yeah. Uh, the other one I would say is if your neighbor's, or new people come to it and leave very quickly. Mm. That's a sign that they felt like it was too clicky or that they just weren't comfortable. And that may be on them, but like I said, one of the signs of a good group is welcoming, the sense of feeling like you belong. And so I think that's something both Mark and I would feel fine like coaching people on. Um, Trying to create that environment is vital to a group that's either going to succeed or fail. That's great. That's great. I'm thinking through um, related things. So one thing I would say, a uh, sign of an unhealthy group would be, um, you know, maybe you've gone a, a month or more without meeting. Hmm. Okay. That, let's let's get the rhythm up a little bit because that's, yeah. um, you know, just keep meeting. Um, I would say if it's been a while since you've invited anybody new, um, that that's a little bit of a sign of, okay, maybe we're a little complacent with who's here. Maybe we're getting a little clickish in our group. Um, I think another sign would be um, focusing only on the people that are already there, people that already belong. Um, that's an easy church thing to do. And I think the nudge with the, I think the gospel in the gospel community, the nudge is, hey, the gospel sends, the gospel goes. Yep. Um, and so we're, we're, we're not only loving, discipling, shepherding the people who are there, we're also saying, who's not here that could be? And I think that's that good. looks like, when we're on Sunday morning at the, you know, in the church lobby in the worship center, um, we're scanning, we're looking. Okay, who could I, who could I bring? And I, and I'm saying that like both strategically, but I also think like that's a great prayer to pray, mm-hmm. to pray together as your group, to pray individually. God, who who do you want us to invite in? Who do you want us to bring? And and I think that should look like people we meet on church. I, I would love nothing that's more good. as a pastor than to have like my greatest joys often are people get connected to a group and I'm like, how, how did that happen? It's, oh, I just sat next to so-and-so and they invited me, you know, oh, that's, awesome. that's happened a lot of times. Um, but it also looks like, okay, a friend and neighbor, what's that, what's that kind of just relational initiation that I can do just to like, again, not to like, let's convert this person instantly, but just, um, how can I just invest in this person a little bit and love them? Yeah. I would say as a leader, I think we should challenge you to try to invite at least one new person to your group a month. That's great. So just one new person, that's it. It could be a neighbor. It could be a fellow Creeksider. Just find one person and invite them to your group. That's great. They don't have to say yes. Yeah, no, they don't have to say yes. Love it. I I think that's so good. Okay, so we're going to cut this episode here and, again, give you guys some chance to process and think. Once again, uh, Nathan and I are just very available. We want to talk through this with you. The elders want to do the same thing. Um, I want to see you guys talking to each other about it. Um, but we're offering all this to help you kind of process and think through, okay, what can we do? Where can we go? And then when it gets to the nuts and bolts and the details and the schedules, some of that you guys can run with and figure out others of it. Maybe you want to talk to us about it. And we're here for that. We are so here for that and want to help you process. We'll, we'll record more of this stuff as we process and we think through what can be helpful. Um, I think good future topics would include things like what's a toolbox? What are some resources that are available to you? Um, maybe kind of some key problems, common problems that people encounter in gospel communities. Um, 
and uh, and we can dig more into what does like shepherding and discipleship in the context of gospel community look like too. But love you guys. We're praying for you as you do what God's called you to do, and we're just so thankful to be partnering with you all. Yep. See you guys. Thank you.